0: Betches Media presents Donald Trump was a, a
1: stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I do!
2: So help me God.
1: Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches SUP Podcast.
0: Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Amelia Tamaris. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches SUP Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics Happy relaunch day, Sammy.
3: Thank you. I am so happy this day is here. Um, you have done amazing work on making this happen. And I can't believe that we've been working on this rebrand for yeah. over a year. And I can't believe it's here. It's very it looks, exciting. It all looks so good. I'm really, I'm really into it. I love the new colors. I love the I new love- colors.
0: Your sup salmon. If you're looking out for your memes and salmon, you got to start looking for a
3: lavender blue beautiful a beautiful lavender blue i love love it i've always been
0: jealous i've always like loki always loved the ship colors which are our dating app and they're really similar so i'm thrilled
3: yeah 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 no i love lavender it's like one of my favorite colors so it is now this up color and we are excited tell us what you think we hope you love it we're also launching um I don't know if anyone used to listen to Betch Slapped, which I co hosted with my co founders, Eileen and Jordana, but we are back on the App Etches podcast and we're doing like a 10 episode series to start about basically our whole friendship and how we started this company and, you know, advice and friendship shit. <laughs> and um, business it's stuff, really fun. Right? Business. Yes, there's definitely yeah. business stuff and its it's been really fun. So. That's what we have going on right now. Lots of new things and all new merch, all new Betches merch. Oh, yeah. Which looks very cool. Yeah, I I ordered like all of it last night. And then Barry was like, I'm sending all of it to you. I'm (laughs) like, thank you. I just that's so much
1: fun
2: yes yes and
0: (laughs) millie i was just waiting for you to move to send you all your set merch so that's on the way yes (laughs) yes
2: i'm so excited no i'm looking at everything and i'm like whoa it's really slick so cool it's really slick the the
0: agency we used was amazing and i think
3: they're like female and bipoc owned and they did like an incredible job yeah they're called the working assembly we loved them i'm i feel so happy that we got to use them because i feel like we have they're just who we needed in this moment. It's very betchy. Yeah, they are. 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 Yeah. Very betchy. All
0: right. Speaking of another betch, let's talk about Joe Biden. So <laughs> The main bitch, The main bitch, The hot bitch in control. Botus.
1: <laughs> Botus. <laughs> Imagine we
0: ever get him and we just start off like, hey, bitch, Hey, hey betch. Oh, uh, did you
2: hear what he said about genders? That was really funny. No. What did he say? Somebody was like, how many genders are there? And he's like, There's at least three. Hey, quit (laughs) playing! I don't know. There, like, there's a quit playing games, kid. Like, like stop trying to do a getcha. That's (laughs) really.
3: Oh, that's so great for him. That's why he doesn't want to do a press conference. I bet because they want to ask him dumb shit about like Dr. Seuss and like. That's true. Yeah. Bullshit. (laughs) And his people
0: know. I mean, that's a pretty good. That could have. That was a gaffe waiting to happen. But I like how he knew that was a gotcha question. He's like, like,
2: I know there's at least three. Stop playing games (laughs) with me.
0: I have to meme that. That's hilarious. Yes, that's, yeah, that is really funny. <laughs> so speaking of, there's lots of Biden love this week. Stimulus checks went out over the weekend just a day after Joe Biden signed the massive $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. The administration is also celebrating its vaccine rollout, which has had, has exceeded their benchmarks. I believe one day last week, up to 3 million doses were administered on a single day. Crazy.
2: I thought I thought the rumor was like 4.5 million That was in I think 72 hours. Oh, okay. Cool. But
3: or there was like one day where it was like getting close to four or like it was unclear because of the reporting. But like the point is it's really improving and he is gonna exceed his hundred million shots in a hundred days goal.
0: He even says so this week they're launching something where they say we're going to do 100 million doses and distribute 100 million relief checks in the next 10 days. So the administration did get some criticism when it first announced 100 million doses in 100 days. People were like, you can do better than that. And I think they were like, yeah, we know. And we want you to think it's super impressive when we do. So they're on a big publicity tour. Joe, Jill, Kamala and Doug, they're traveling the country to hype the vaccine and stimulus checks. Also, a f- delightful side note, I read that they made a point to bring Doug following a Jimmy Kimmel clip last month where no one on the street could identify the second gentleman in a picture. Oh,
2: yeah. Wow. They did do that. live in a bubble. <laughs> but also, like, I don't know, if if you asked random people to tell, tell us who Karen Pence is, they'd yeah. be like, no, oh, that's yeah. my first grade teacher who was a huge bitch. They wouldn't <laughs> know that it's <laughs> Karen Pence.
3: That's so true.
2: I mean, hopefully this hundred million
3: you know, campaign will result in 100 million votes for the Democrats in the 2024
2: election. I know. That's I'm what we can hope for. S- I was watching AOC's, like, breakdown of the stimulus bill thing, mm-hmm. um, like the hour-long Instagram Live or whatever, and... Um, I'm I'm excited to think, I'm thinking about the prospects of, like, the checks aren't going to come. Those checks are, are going to come in July, like the child care yeah. thing. And um, so all the stimulus check thing will have died down by then. And mm-hmm. then July will come and people will start. And I'm like, and they'll get it for a year or something. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that should be motivating for people, too. <laughs> and okay. then, like, reminding people that they did not want... Um, that no Republican wanted to sign this or right, sign exactly.
0: It. We have to say that every time we talk about it.
2: yeah, I mean, if honestly, like what a gift.
3: like the government's sending you three hundred dollars every month because per kid. For per kid like if if I am getting that, I'm like trying to keep that coming, no matter <laughs> what mm-hmm
0: it's so we've talked about this before it's like it's so hard to take things away from people Millie you said like they couldn't even take away the ACA and the ACA is kind of busted it's not even a great piece yeah. of it hasn't functioned mm-hmm. perfectly yeah. um and this is a super popular policy so Joe's doing good my question is do we think Joe is going to run again it sure seems like he's
1: like are
0: they prepping this to sort of make the VP Harris like in a good position or I think that Or thirdly, is it just for Democrats to keep Democrats with this leverage?
3: I think it's the third. Um, I don't think that he would be like so expressive about Kamala and her involvement and everything if he didn't want to like leave that opportunity open. Look, he knows that like He every day is just there by the grace of God. So like (laughs) he knows that. Like he's, I don't, and he he's not a guy like, and this is clear. He's not someone who's like needs all the credit. He doesn't need like to feel like everyone's idolizing him. So like, I think that if he did run again, it would be a strategic move because it would be like, we need him to run again because of the circumstances or who the Republican is. But I don't think that he's like trying to like maintain power for like so many years for the sake of it.
0: Yeah. They seem to know this opportunity with the checks is like one they don't want to miss really hyping it up and making sure people know how they got them.
2: And I think that, I mean, you know, I feel like the way that the power moves with him is different than, you know, with Trump and, like, with Republicans of, like... It literally is, like, he's the one in charge, but he's really, like, parsing out responsibilities amongst everyone. It's not, like, the final goal, you know? Yeah. So in that way, like, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, even if he runs again, like, he's still gonna have like the same appointment, you know? So yeah. I don't know. Like, whereas Trump was like the end all be all of a lot of stuff. And I feel like Mitch had to like manipulate him into doing the Republican agenda where like, I don't know. And then he wanted credit for everything. They still want credit for exactly. everything. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, yeah. I mean, that that administration
3: like cannot be compared to anything. Like you literally have like an organized crime family mm-hmm. as the administration So everything's going to be sort of run that way. But Biden's administration feels like it feels so stable and and, uh, competent, like kind of at all levels. Like even the people at the bottom probably really know what they're doing and like, can be trusted to execute things. Yeah. Like they, yeah. And then Biden isn't like physically doing all of these things. Totally, he's not making a vaccine distribution plan like himself, Mm -hmm. but obviously the people that he's hired are capable and, Mm -hmm. Like good, you know. Isn't that
0: the sort of mantra of like good management is like hire the best people and then let them do it. Empower
2: them. Yeah. And empower (laughs) them. Yeah. That's
3: one person can never do anything, even if he is the president. Like he doesn't actually make any of these plans. Right. He just kind of like is in
2: charge.
0: And he's doing a better job of staying out of the way than I think some some
2: former presidents have. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I meant is like he's a good manager and he empowers people to make stuff. And like, you can barely see, you know, him and stuff like as a, you know.
0: Yeah. You can really tell, like when you watch the press conferences and you watch Jen Psaki and you watch the way the communication team, it's like, you know, that's not coming from Joe Biden. Like they're doing what they want based on their strategy. You haven't seen a press conference, not because Joe Biden doesn't want to do it. It's because for some reason his comms team doesn't think it's necessary right now. Like, I don't think Joe is like, I really don't feel like showing my face. Of course he does. (laughs)
3: I'm glad he hasn't done a press conference. Like, I know everyone's he's saying, addressed the I many press times, conference. which Trump yeah. never did. It just feels like it feels like a tantrum by like some of it the, the media that's used to having certain access. Answer my question. Like, I'm here. Answer my question. Meanwhile, like, his administration has been very accountable. It's not like they're stonewalling in general. True. It's mm. just that he has not personally made a symbolic press conference. Like, maybe he's busy working. Yeah, With many calls and many meetings.
2: Yeah, that's kind of my thing. (laughs) I was like, I felt like the Trump administration wasn't really accessible at all. Like, definitely not the way that Biden was. So it was really confusing to me that they're like complaining about Biden. But it's like, we get actual plans from this guy. Like, we know what the policies are and he signs it. And then it's very clear. And like, what the... Or like, what questions do you have? Like...
0: Right, he doesn't need to tell us the cases. Trump was so opaque we like didn't know what was happening with the pandemic until he told us. But now we are also at a stage in the pandemic where it's like we see vaccination is working and that's because of
3: this administration. Well, Trump did a lot of quote unquote FaceTime with the press when he would do his like helicopter screaming. Oh god. And he would like like Okay, just because he would show up and then mm. lie, that doesn't make him more accessible. That's mm-hmm. just a smokescreen, and you're all morons because mm-hmm. you are like addicted to getting attention. And mm-hmm. it totally, flicks. and it's like the fact that there are slow news days, that is a really good thing. Like there should be slow news days. You should not have to be confronted with what no. your government's doing every fucking day and the mistakes that they're That's making. That's not normal. No, it's it's supposed to be in the background. Yeah. And conservatives used to want that. Right. It's supposed to be our job
0: to just pay attention to that, not everybody's. And I think we're maybe getting close to that
3: point. I think so too.
4: Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift, because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click
1: Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to com. that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. so
0: for our next topic we are going to discuss the hbo documentary mia and Oh, i wrote mia and pharaoh i think it's pharaoh versus alan versus pharaoh Pharaoh. so trigger warning if you don't know this story this next segment includes descriptions of sexual abuse and grooming no details i'm not going to repeat what what dylan says happened to her but you know what i mean So, this has been an intense few weeks when it comes to stories about sexual violence, abuse, and harassment. Yesterday, we talked about Cuomo and the murder of Sarah Everward. I don't believe there have been revealed evidence of sexual assault with her abduction and murder yet, but it's in the gendered violence against women category that we've all been sort of processing lately. So on Sunday, HBO aired the finale of its four-part documentary series, and it covers the marriage of Woody Allen, Mia Farrow, Allen's affair with Farrow's teenage daughter, and credible allegations that he molested his young daughter, Dylan, in 1992 when she was seven. The documentary details the couple's already strained relationship and Woody Allen's strange closeness with Dylan for her entire life. Lots of people in the family's orbit were uncomfortable with how obsessed he seemed to be with the child. And this culminates to one day in the summer of 1992 when Dylan and Woody went missing for a short period in the family's Connecticut home, after which Dylan said he molested her and a babysitter also witnessed. I believe she described seeing his head in her crotch. Um, This documentary is four hours long. There's gonna be stuff I leave out in my short narrow region of. I'm not trying to to make either side look worse. I, I just wanna get the the main points. Um the documentary covers the aftermath too, including Alan's affair with Suny. He apparently started hooking up with her when she was 20, but there's a lot of reason to believe she was underage when it first started. The alleged abuse of Dylan and the affair happened around the same time, which sort of gave Alan a very useful narrative that Mia Farrow was like a scorned woman who was coaching her young daughter to turn on her father. Dylan, this is so now I'm going to talk about stuff that I didn't really know until watching this that I think a lot of people already did knew, which is that Dylan was interviewed by tons of child abuse experts and social workers who released reports at the time claiming that she wasn't credible and like couldn't be believed. But the documentary outlines numerous ways Dylan's analyses were handled poorly. And even with that, there was nothing in the report to suggest the, the child was lying or making it up. The people who made the conclusions that she wasn't credible, that it wasn't a crime, they had no authority to do that. And it's also just worth noting, which the documentary does, that only two to nine percent of sexual abuse reports made by children and adolescents to child welfare agencies specifically are false and there are similar numbers for just sexual assault allegations of all kinds. There's there's no evidence that this happens a large amount of time. So it seemed like at that time, public opinion was on Allen's side. And he even sued for sole custody, which seems like it was a huge mistake. The judge determined Alan Allen was not a more fit parent to have sole custody of the children. And in fact, he stated the behavior towards Dylan was inappropriate and that the child needed to be protected from him in some way. The Connecticut state attorney at the time believed there was probable cause to pursue criminal charges, but he felt doing so would further traumatize Dylan. So this is what led up to the finale over the weekend, which sort of seemed to handle the period afterwards and even up until the Me Too movement, um, which was kind of jarring to watch because it covers the world's reaction to those events and then like they forget about it and... Woody Allen's fame and appeal seem to stay intact. Uh, Millie, what what else did the finale cover that was impactful for you?
2: Yeah, I think like the, pa- like the artistic um, form or the artistic medium of the documentary could really like hammer home a message in a way that it like it allows me to process it differently of like, in, I think in episode three or episode two, like the super cut of Woody Allen's movies where he, where it's all about an older guy and a younger woman and then seeing it like that, like that was like, whoa, um, like that really hit home. And then in this last one was like, you know, um, what happened in 2014, when Dylan came out, and then the supercut of actors celebrating, lauding, defending, and all that stuff, while at the same time, like, hearing more about, you know, like, I mean, it reminded me a lot of the R. Kelly situation mm-hmm. where it was like, yes, it's R. Kelly, but it's a system and an eco- it's an ecosystem of people that perpetuate this Mm -hmm. and and learning more about leslie dart i think that's her name um and like the pr thing and and what they do and like withhold it like that kind of stuff was is always illuminating and it's like yes woody allen is bad but it's not like when you get rid of him the problem goes away it's like this whole so that was what was interesting and what got pointed out for me in this
3: you know you know what's so interesting about like the id like the So the main issue when this first came out seems to have been Dylan's credibility. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: She's a fucking kid. Have you ever spoken to a kid? They make no sense. Like, like the idea that (laughs) they don't like, they're talking about like, like if you talk to a kid like that age, like nothing they say makes any sense. So like, if you're asking like a kid under the age of 10 to like, tell you a story that is consistent and like you know, just generally like totally airtight. Like you're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. So, so the idea that they would like make this child, like real child, not like a teenager even, which is like what he portrayed in his movies. Like if they, if you're, if you're, if you're hinging that all of that on like the child expressing what happened, like a very traumatic situation, expressing that, like in an airtight, perfect victim way. That's just insane. Like, it's really insane.
0: And it is insane, but I think it is in the third episode where a couple of experts are like, she kind of is the perfect victim. Like, if you watch the way that she she does recall what happened with her, for her, to her. It's just the way children do like children can't make up stories that complicated at that age. They can't repeat the same identical details over and over again. Like kids don't like remember shit. I feel like your point that kids don't make sense. It's like when they do and they are telling a cogent narrative, that's when you're like, Oh shit, something happened.
3: Yeah. Right. It's like, it's, it's, of course she's, she's like a good victim. Like she's not like kids don't even have like fully formed, like memories. Like it's, And you're asking her to recall like a really traumatic event that she probably has shame about because there's like inherent shame, like even though she doesn't really know what's going on, I'm sure she does know what's going on because like you do teach kids like private part versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, you Mm -hmm. wear clothes on that area for a reason. Like, I think she was maybe old enough to understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: It's And she was old enough to understand like it was her father who was doing it. Which I think for any time it is the daddy, but somebody outside the family there, it might feel like less of like a transgression. But for a kid, like when your dad does that, it's pretty it's pretty clear. The finale also covers, like I said, the world's reaction. And then so in 2014, the Golden Globes gave Woody Allen a Lifetime Achievement Award. And after that, I believe that night on Twitter, Ronan Farrow called out the allegations from his sister, introducing them to a whole new generation and they were sort of bubbling up in those few years and then the me too movement happened something i was thinking about when i was watching this is that like i don't know why i didn't find out about these allegations from my parents who are also the ones that introduced me to woody allen movies like oh my god at no point was my dad he was like woody allen's great he's like us he's he's jewish new yorker this is who we are I, i would have loved to have been made aware of the rest of the context
3: My mom actually said something to me yesterday. She was like, "Um, I'm having a hard, she she texted me, I'm having a hard time reconciling my love for his art and the horrible human being he was and is. I said, didn't you know about it at the time? She goes, yes, we were told. I guess never having been proven and my being torn by loving his art so much, I turned a blind eye. I feel Mm -hmm. disgusting that I can ignore something so awful to make myself happy. Yeah,
2: that's it.
0: Yeah, that's perfectly explains why there's like a
3: missing generation in between that learned this later. The the other thing I think is that, like, you know how all these like Kim Kardashian is surfacing these like us weekly articles about herself and we're seeing like these Britney interviews and like Mm -hmm. how Paris Hilton was interviewed that I think can't be like absent from this context. Like the way Mm -hmm. people treated Monica Lewinsky, like all that was happening at this time. Mm -hmm. So like, it's kind of not, it makes sense like with how things were Mm -hmm. that Woody Allen would be given much more benefit of the doubt than, you know, his child and Mia, like scorned woman. Like the scorned woman narrative was much easier to push at that time because people were much less in doubt of it.
0: Yeah. And she wasn't participating in the press and in the public story as much, which was perceived at that time as like her not, her being deceptive because she didn't have any truth to tell. Whereas now we know it's like, of course, when there's a lawsuit going on, you can't talk about it, of course. And for some reason, it's just interesting that like we, our parents or whoever introduced us to this and and accepted this, that narrative, even though the sort of context around how we look at these allegations changed in the like 2010s, for some reason, it just like, the narrative about it being never proven and about her being a kid and about about Mia potentially coaching her, for some reason that like seemed to stick really up until the past couple of years with me too, where we started saying, looking at those other patterns of like you thinking that women lying is sexist and gendered. And there's all these factors that were working against at the time. And it's like we had this sort of like a delayed catching up to it, it seems.
3: Well, think about like Anita Hill was also around yeah. this time. Like the idea of believing women was like not a, bl- a thing or like, like, it wasn't.
2: Yeah. Or like women have something to gain by telling the, like by telling the truth, they're I like, see. yeah, you're getting, you're getting attention, you know, like you're doing this for attention. You're, you're, it's just like, what attention, what do people have to gain right. for this? Even the Anita Hill thing was like, you know, I, you know, I listened to some podcasts about it and the, you know, Even that didn't make much sense because it was like, yeah, like he was a creep and it wasn't until, you know, somebody asked her specifically and she wasn't in, you know, in danger that like, not in danger, but like in jeopardy that I, you know, all those nuances and stuff. And then I I also think about like what changed in the four years, you know, between the, the me too movement and when Dylan first came out and also what's changed since then, like why isn't the scorned woman? And it's like part of me, I was like, is it because we have more women in media and like, there's more representation, but then I'm like, I don't know. You have people like Leslie dart, like the publicist who's, you know, making sure that everyone knows that Dylan was coached. So I'm trying to like, it's like that culture shift. I'm like, what has, you know, and I'm like, is it social media that allows more, more marginalized voices to have a platform? It's really interesting to me and camera phones.
0: I think it's also like now we finally know even more than we did at least in the nineties that like in the nineties, it was like, Oh my God, child abuse. That's so rare. That never happens. It happens all the time. So it's like, they were just so shocked and appalled that any person could do that, and now we know that people are terrible monsters. We've had <laughs> twenty know. years of crew crime; like we know that people commit these crimes. It wasn't really until I watched this documentary that I feel like I cannot watch a Woody Allen movie again.
2: Uh, my friend tweeted, and I think this is an important part of like, you know, Woody Allen never like made a film about losing his family or like the loss of a daughter or like any of that pain it was all it's all the same shit and it's like that's his priority right is like mm-hmm. the scorn, like the man who's you know older and the you know like putting right. pushing that narrative in different yeah. ways and it's like yeah like he never he never really explored that and also too I was just like okay let's say that he did not um let's say he didn't do it like I never saw anything like on his side to try to reconcile those relationships with his family outside of like, tell the media that your mom's a liar and I'll give you money for school. But like Mm -hmm. trying to repair a relationship with like, and maybe the documentary just didn't show that, but I'm also just like, yeah, I don't think this guy cares about anybody else, but himself. And like,
3: yeah. I don't know. yeah. Uh, another, another interesting thing is that like the movies that he is in are the ones that explore those like questionable relationships. The movies that he makes that he's not in aren't really like about that. Like they're about some totally. other, you know, they're, they're, you know, like my favorite uh, Woody Allen movies are Blue Jasmine and Match Point. He's not in either of those movies. And they're both about adults having a breakdown, not about like adults dating young kids like the, or mm. or like even really young women at all it's like he i think part of the damage was like, like why it was so damaging is because he played off this like harmless neurotic yeah jewish i mean not that we need any more um conspiracy you know any more <laughs> yeah i'm not even gonna go there yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: but but like he played this like harmless bumbling fool mm-hmm. who oh like it's like he wasn't like he made himself come across as harmless, mm-hmm. which ultimately because he was in these movies, the natural thing for people to do is equate him with this, like, Oh, he doesn't mean it. He's just like kind of a bumbling idiot kind of. And that's yeah. when, when people saw this, these controversies and these allegations, that's the person they were trying to reconcile with doing these things. And that was very difficult, much more difficult than someone who, you know, is a huge asshole, like Harvey Weinstein, mm. like, and yeah, that
4: and, I think was it a just genius takes, on his yeah,
3: part. It's just
0: so insane and upsetting that it takes like a woman having to relive her trauma at seven for who knows how long they filmed this for people to finally come around to the fact that maybe Woody Allen might have done this. Like, why, why, do we have to, why do we have to expose ourselves and re-traumatize exactly. ourselves all the time just so this man isn't the most lauded person ever? He's always going to be rich. He's always going to be a celebrity. Like, I'm sure all they want is for people to see who he really was. And all he did was re- reinforce that persona over and over again. And that probably wasn't an
2: accident either. And like, I feel two things. Yeah, I feel like it's like, He's still going to be rich. He's still going to be famous. But like they're upset that we think he's an asshole. Like that's like why people hate cancel culture, because it's like it's not even that we're actually taking they're not going to ever make money again. It's just like they want us to like him, you know, and like we can't even say that he's a bad guy. That's that's the crazy thing. I mean, and I feel like this is like if we start going to like men in general, it's like They want to do shitty stuff, but then they don't want you to think they're an asshole. Like, it was just like, what? And then two, that's (laughs) why I feel it's like, no, if you're going to do shitty things, like it's like, okay for me to think that you're not a great person. Yeah. But I also think, I mean, I'm not trying to put any like significance or weight on award season because it's so fucked up and corrupt and whatever. But I do think it's so interesting and it's so strong that like, like promising young woman would not have gotten nominated and and any other time and and like just like what you were saying Sammy about like these harmless men quote unquote you know i mean that's the whole point that movie is trying to make is that there's you know like all these people that are hiding behind the guise of being a quote unquote nice guy are t- tend to be the ones that do the most damage because we're right. disarmed Uh, So I'm not, you know, they got nominated for best director Mm -hmm. and um, I don't know if it'll win or not. It doesn't matter. But like, I just think that that's just such such an important film as we talk about.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, his like cover up of his own persona was both genius and diabolical because you like he makes it almost feel okay like oh you can like walk the line with those relationships like all like a lot of his movies the ones he's in are like essentially dealing with the moral relativity of that and like ultimately landing on the side of it's fine which is weird
0: when he then denies it but then he spends his career trying to normalize it so it's like i'm not and then he has the buffer it's like no no i'm just talking about soon Yi. Where some people might see like, oh, okay, he just had an affair with the 20, her twenty-year-old daughter. Whereas, like, the real way you should look at that is, so he is also capable, probably, of like he knew that child since she was a young. Like, I don't think that's okay. I, I think relationships between older men and and women in their twenties are fine. But if it was your dad that knew you since you were a baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something controversial. I don't think that's okay. I think that's fucking weird and gross.
3: I don't know how <laughs> controversial that is. Well, I was I, here. I'm gonna say what's like. I'm going to say something controversial along those lines, because I think that when we see relationships like that, another example would be Mary from uh, Real house in Salt Lake City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like you see those relationships and you're like, oh, I don't want to judge. It's not me to judge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you like look forward, you look a little closer and it's like, actually, there's a lot to look at here that is like I want to ignore it because that's the right, you know, I don't want to be judgmental, Yeah. but actually like this is potentially very fucked up. And there are, seems to be some victims involved.
0: Yeah. So right, it's like, right. If you it's like, were, it's just hard to believe that if you marry somebody that knew you at a child, as a child, that, that you were not—that doesn't mean that you were sexualized as a child. I know that's not the case every single time, mm-hmm. but it is a pretty hard barrier for me. Like uh, Prince Charles and
3: knew Diana when he when she was like, yeah,
2: but her. he yeah. was a huge yes, yes.
3: That's fucking. That's, <laughs> that's gross. Here's the thing: he didn't. Re- the problem was he didn't sexualize her like enough. Like yeah, had had
2: the um, The problem was yeah. the sex
0: happened before. Yeah, there's yeah. no sex in the
2: marriage. Yeah, I think well two things. One, I feel like this. I feel like as society progresses, we're going to have a more interesting, nuanced discussion on grooming and then yeah. also on consent too, which is another thing that I'm really interested in. And somebody was like, um, you know, if somebody says no 10 times and yes on the 11th time, like that's not a yes, you know, like, yeah. and conversations like that, like I'm really excited or like going down that trajectory. And then two, I really hate Sammy for introducing that Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Mary <laughs> conspiracy theory page that I've been looking at for hours <laughs> about all the all the crimes that Mary has done. Oh yeah. my god! Is,
0: she's gonna be on the on the next season? Right? They cast her. That seems like there is a,
2: a friend of the show, and she was so crazy that Andy was like, "Oh no!" But yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah like she right like not that's another one like you didn't want to be too judgmental but there's something weird there yeah even like when monica dates
0: like her her parents dentist like i don't love that i didn't love that like it's okay but it's not my favorite it's not my favorite we don't love we don't love It,
2: it, it you know it's just something about the dynamics about power about all that stuff. So right, and yeah. you
0: do, there are different, I think what, I think what I'm getting at, and I'm obviously not a psychologist, but like, it seems like there are different power dynamics between a woman and a man when the man is somebody that you met when you were younger, whether they had power over you or not. And I'm not saying that's always like shitty, like maybe some people like they like that in their relationship and it, it works for them and they like that dynamic, but I think it's rife for abuse. and needs to be looked at. Like if you have an older boyfriend, great, but if, right. I don't know. There's like there's something icky about yeah. it. I think I think that when we were talking about to end, I think we were talking about what shift has happened. I feel like the shift has definitely just shifted towards believe women, where before mm-hmm. it was more, especially with sexual assault, the innocent until proven guilty. Which of mm-hmm. course it still is in the criminal justice system, but in the in the public space now, there's a real acknowledgement that like women don't really lie about this. So if they're going to say this, you have to believe them. I think the issue is that like we say believe women, but it gets complicated when the event happened when that woman was a girl, and then we are questioning that, but that's not believing women. Like we also have to believe what they say happened to them when they were girls.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand the incentive for any woman to come out against a powerful wealthy man, like no. when they can bury you legally, financially, reputation wise, like there is zero incentive. He and tried just-
0: to take me a kids away from her, all of them. And the judge yeah. said like, this part was kind of chilling. And I also also something i hadn't heard the judge was like woody allen clearly you don't want these kids this isn't about the kids at all like it was so clear from that trial that he didn't want to parent the kids he just wanted to get back at mia Farrow. but that somehow is all lost when you know dad, my dad's like have you ever seen annie hall and i'm like I've, you know sure show it to me and then i never hear just yeah
3: maybe i get the to me- finally say it but annie hall is overrated for sure like like honestly i I never said it before. I should have, should have had more courage, but
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. I actually liked Annie hall, but it's not, I weird. liked
0: Manhattan
2: and now I feel gross. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're there's something wrong. I there. know that was gross.
0: Okay. Something was wrong there. Well, well, very complicated. Let's, end with, the, yeah, let's
2: <laughs> yeah. end with everyone knowing that Amanda's favorite <laughs> movie in the world is it's <laughs> it's Manhattan. As she said, when she has her wedding, it's going to yes, be Manhattan. Model, model for
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all black and white. I'll get oh tons of Botox.
2: <laughs> my friend uh, literally like was on Zillow or something. And like every time. She's like, there's so many apartments in New York where they have huge Manhattan posters. Like, oh my God, yeah.
3: Manhattan?
2: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it touches it really,
0: everything. It's especially the New York thing. Like, it touches a lot of things about New York that you don't realize are
3: associated with Woody Allen. Woody Allen is like culturally important in a way that is inconvenient. Yeah.
2: At I this think point. the clarinet is canceled. In my <laughs> opinion, clarinet canceled. Manhattan, <laughs> the entire <laughs> borough canceled. What else? Okay, but <laughs> what else? What do you associate
3: now? culturally <laughs> with Imagine like the new Stop york Steel people are just like i just want broody
0: allen held accountable
3: yeah <laughs> no right. but what do you associate now with like new york culturally cardi b that's our new <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like,
2: pandemic cats is deli like like what you know what? like it's new all york? about cuomo now. <laughs> no David, he's canceled too damn it
3: i really can't I think know. of like what That's the thing that's a more complicated
0: question is like the movies fine I don't have to watch the movies I don't have to like I'm not going to get into fight with anyone about how his movies are still good whatever I don't care about that the more difficult thing personally and I think for Sammy too is like our whole vision of what it meant to be like this New New York neurotic and especially if you're a neurotic Jew and then now yeah it's very it's like that was our only
3: model. You know, th- we also have um, Nancy Myers vibe. I mean, I don't want to say it's our own. I don't want to. I don't want to okay. be the white yeah. lady we saying I am not represented. We still yes. have Nora Fran Lee. there you go. It's Fran. Okay, it's Fran is the new Woody Allen. And Nora Ephron. And Nora Aflan. Yes. Like, yeah. Y'all I, okay. got y'all got my people.
0: Gloria Steinem,
3: Shirley Chisholm. My cultural. North Star <laughs> is now. You've got mail
1: turned that over movie, a new yeah movie, I, I mean
0: except
3: the big business
0: issues but that was just prescient
3: well now fox books is out of business because that's you know because of amazon
2: yeah well i feel like that that whole movie is like he's lying to her anyway i don't know. Wanna- <laughs> Your
0: Ephron is a good touchstone i'm gonna readjust love that, that movie
2: billy please don't take it from me
3: i know I he will, did fucked I up won't. things to her but tom I hanks won't. in real life as of now is still beloved
2: have yes.
0: I think we should stop the podcast before Tom Hanks gets canceled. <laughs> I think
2: yeah. he won't, but his son might get him canceled. Oh, for
0: sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, but that,
2: we can't, we can't blame him for his son.
0: Yeah. I don't, yeah, even I don't want know. to
3: know what his son did. Yeah.
0: Well, I think without, without so much, uh, We've had some slower news days lately, which opens us up to talk about some of these more like women-centered <laughs> topics that we know our audience loves and they're fun. Well, not fun to talk about, but they're an area that we haven't had as much time to go into that obviously affect all of us. So we'll be paying close attention. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman.
2: I'm Millie Tamares.
0: I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Sub Podcast. Bye. Bye. I almost said until the end of Woody Allen.
2: Oh God. And then he dies. Yeah. He dies <laughs> tomorrow oh, <somewhere. God. laughs>